0: Ah, the name is Bootsy Baby, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando. This is Appetite
1: for Distortion.
2: Welcome to the podcast. We got interviews and soundbite. I will never say that again. I'm sorry. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 206. It is Brando. Sorry I started singing. Quarantine has gotten to me. (laughs) It really has. Many of you appreciated my post on social media the other day. Uh, I mean, it's not like I discovered that uh, User Illusion 1 is 17 seconds shorter than User Illusion 2, so why wouldn't Axel make them even? So he could have just chopped off the final tonight at the end of Don't Cry, which went on for like 20-something seconds, and it would have been even. Again, this is uh, a pointless thing to bring up, and I'm in quarantine and super bored. So thankfully, I have you to hang out with while we continue to do this uh, Guns N' Roses themed Bar Mitzvah Party broadcast, looking at life through Guns N' Roses colored glasses, through Guns N' Roses colored glasses. And today's uh, interviews are just, uh, it's what's keeping me sane. Uh, I can't wait just a few moments away from speaking with the legend, Bootsy Collins. What an icon. He's worked with with James Brown, of course, uh, the Parliament Funkadelic, and for our GNR purposes, plenty of awesome material with Buckethead, including a new album on the way and possible tour. We'll find out a Buckethead Booty Tour, incredible. And then after that, we're gonna do a kind of combined segment of Phantom Session with Appetite for Discovery. Oh, wait, we got to play the sound bites to get you pumped up. <coughs>
0: I just want very appetite. Rather than just throwing a bunch of songs together that we think are fun, we're going over it, you know, with a fine tooth comb and just working on everything to try. That's the goal. Very appetite. Four.
2: Discovery. So we're going to learn about Brandon's uh, band that includes Todd Kearns. They're, of course, from uh, Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. He also has a uh, GNR tribute band. Called pretty tied up based out of Detroit. So he's got like original music involving our GNR world. And he also does a, a killer tribute act to our, our GNR. <laughs> if you want to phrase it like that, I suppose. Uh, but we'll get to Brandon in just a little bit. first, we got to go to Bootsy.
0: There he is. Yeah. Hey, Brandon. How are you? Everything's good. What's going on over there?
2: Bootsy, it's uh, an honor and a privilege to speak with you today.
0: Oh, thank you, it's, it's good to be around man, I mean with this craziness going on it's just, just good and uh, you know, trying to look forward to you every day.
2: How are you? I mean it seems like you're holding up well, it's not slowing you down because correct me if I'm mistaken, but your new video stars, it seems like it was all made in
0: quarantine. Yeah, it, it definitely was and that was a trip because uh, I've, I've actually never really done that before you know, um, oh. and doing uh, interviews on Zoom and you know FaceTime and you know that stuff I've really never you know I you know, didn't you know I did a lot of stuff but but this whole new technology thing is um, is a little different for me you know I'm used to being one on one with people and you know feeling people and you know doing it that way is just it's a different thing you have to get used to.
2: So it's been kind of like a hard transition. So I guess or oh, challenging one, I guess if I can put it that way. So who yeah. who prompted the idea to do it this way and to put out uh, a video now? Like who sparked that idea?
0: Well, I was working on a new record, uh, the new album, and in the midst of working on it, the uh, the Corona thing hit, and you know I'm, I'm a I'm a musician, artist, and things like that affect you in a way that. Um, what can I do to help uplift people? And, you know, because that's the first thought that comes. It's like, man, you know, I got to write something about this. I got to, you know, it's like, to to me, I came up with, you know, thinking, you know, like it was the things around me that made me kind of create and be creative. It was the things I wanted to talk about and play about that, happened to me and this was happening to everybody at the same time so it was like wow you know uh, yeah I gotta gotta do this song I gotta put the, you know get, get the uh, musicians and stuff together um, the singers you know and so it gave me a whole new inspiration while I'm in the middle of cutting my album and so it was a great uplift for me at the same time it was a bad thing that was happening but Sometimes it takes it to uh, make us step up and and lock in, and so um, I started to lock in. I got in contact with um, Emmy Sunshine, who was actually on the way up here in Cincinnati to um, do the Cincinnati Reds parade. I was in it, and she was gonna she wanted to be a part of it, and and so that's how kind of how we met. And then I started talking to her about doing the song. And I knew she could sing, but I didn't know she could write. Because, um, you know, she was like, what? At that time, she was 15 years old and from Nashville. And I thought, well, we need to, you know, this needs to be a broad thing. It, it's, it can't just be a, an old guy thing or an old girl thing. This has to be um, a whole universal thing. And so that's what I was shooting for and we finally kind of wind up with that.
2: Yeah, okay I, I totally I, I see that because she is young and she does stand yeah. out in and in your video.
0: She's, she's, she's deep I mean you know she you know she she writes beyond her years and you know that that was the part that really uh, got me. It was like, wow, you know she's you know I, I think we take a lot of the, the youngsters for granted. Um, they, you know, they're, they know more than we give them credit for. I think, um, you know, uh, a lot of them is just, you know, they just know so much. We didn't, we didn't know nothing, but, you know, we was just trying to be creative, but they just know stuff, you know, and It's like, wow. So yeah, that, that was the inspiration in itself to me.
2: Awesome. Well, hopefully you two uh, work together more, and for those who who don't know, uh, all the proceeds for STARS go to Music Cares COVID-19 relief, correct?
0: Yes, yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, everybody's looking forward to it, and, you know, it was just, um, we still got a campaign, a new campaign coming up, and it's um, uh, what, it's called Bootsy Collins' STARS Challenge, and it's raising money for Music Cares. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely going all out because this thing ain't lightening up yet, so we, we ain't lightening up either.
2: I know, um, but I I have to ask because I I just like so many other people. I'm excited for your for your new new record, uh, the Power of One, coming out October twenty uh, third. So is that yeah? That's with Buckethead, right? Is that the new album with Bucket? Well,
0: well, this one this one is um uh, the Buckethead album is we're doing that. Actually, we're doing that now. Okay. So I just turned in the Power of the One. So that's the one that's going to be out um, uh, during the holidays. Okay. We had to push the Buckethead thing back a little bit because we didn't have it. We have to record it the same way we um, uh, did Stars and kind of like, well, I did do um, about 50% of Power of the One with the musicians in the studio. So that was before the pandemic hit. So, But after that, we started having to, you know, like um, record through the Internet and sending files back and forth. So and that's a, a whole new another way of working. You know, um, coming from the old school, that's that's different. It's very different. And, you know, uh, it's something you either get used to or, you know, you you just... I mean, I guess you just fall by the wayside, and I refuse to do that. So I, I, I want to continue to learn.
2: Well, um, the more you learn, the more we get to enjoy your your creativity. Uh, I know we we have you a limited amount of time. I would love to know because you and, and Buckethead, it's actually an, an interesting and, and unique and overly talented pair. You guys have been working together for so long. I would love to know yeah. how that relationship started, how you met the man uh, with the KFC bucket on his head?
0: Well, actually, he sent me a video. Um, this was back uh, in, uh, like, 89, 90, 1989. Sent me a video of him in a room, in a very small room, looked like a you know like a jail cell. And, you know, he sent me this video of him just ripping in, in the room, just going crazy, shredding. You know, and I was like, Wow, this guy, you know, and he just wanted to record with me. I had a clear blue. I didn't, know, I didn't know him from the hole in the wall, really? you know. And, and the next thing I knew, he sent me that video, and we hooked up. He, get, you know, I got him into Cincinnati, and we started recording back in my. At that time, it was a barn. And he loved it. He freaking loved it. You know, we had the chickens. <laughs> I mean, all of that kind of stuff that he loved, you know. Um, and we recorded back in my barn. His first record called um, Look at Here, Land. Yeah, great and record. That's where we recorded that at, yeah. Oh, that, that's, uh, that's, cool. when I, that's when we met. And that's when our whole um, togetherness just started. Uh, and it, it's been on from there all the way.
2: Can we yeah. expect? Because I know it was new to do Zoom for you, but now you're a professional. Could we maybe see a Zoom with you and Bucket to promote this album? I mean, I don't want to talk tours yet. You know, if you would, if, or were you planning to tour with Bucket? If we can um, know what the future is, Every, I guess.
0: Everything is kind of dependent now on what's going on with this daggone uh, pandemic. I mean, you know, everybody's gigs got canceled and you know, um, they won't, you know, they won't allow the festival things. And, you know, so we don't, we, you know, it's kind of hard to project into the future when and what we're going to be doing because, you know, we're dealing with like, okay, right now, you know, it's it's hard enough to try to record separately. And, you know, then to think about, okay, after we get finished, we're going to hit the road, you know, um, and so you know we just kind of play it um, a day at a time and see how you know how uh, things work out but yeah that would be that would be awesome and that's one of our dreams as well you know it's been one of our dreams we just you know for some reason we haven't really got to it and we, we're working on that now
2: oh uh, if you and, and Buckethead tour I will come in a hazmat suit to watch it I, I don't <laughs> care
0: <laughs> uh, what you mean, man. It's, it would be crazy. It would be crazy. <laughs> in, a, in a good way.
2: Isn't Buckethead the most perfectly socially distanced person ever? He's always wearing a mask. He's fine.
0: <laughs> yes. He's had he that concept before the, people even thought about it, man. <laughs> before he
2: was cool. Wow. Well, you were cool yeah. before anybody else was cool, Bootsy. Because Thank you so much. I hope we get to do this again because there's more I want to pick from your brain. Just... Um, Oh, yeah. Thank you. You got it. So just uh, have a great day and and feel well.
0: All right. You too. And be safe.
2: So from Bootsy to Brandon. No, my ego isn't that large. We're going to have to really differentiate the the people that are now on the podcast. I am Brando, all intents and purposes. And now we have Brandon, Brandon Fields, as we kind of transition into this hybrid. I think it's, it's a nice hybrid of my two segments of uh, fan obsession and ap- appetite for discovery because uh, Brandon is not just a, a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And I, could, I see the giant User Illusion posters behind you as we're talking via Zoom, uh, which is really nice. I'm actually, I, I thought I was cool. I, I, I can just show this to Brandon really quick. Uh, I was sent this, and I, I put the picture up on Facebook and, and Twitter. Because a, a, you
1: said you're in Kentucky yeah. right now? Where are you? Kentucky, Lexington right now.
2: Which is awesome. That's what, it's one been one of the most gratifying things about doing this podcast is just connecting to people. I mean, for me, a New Yorker, Long Island, Kentucky is a different country. Oh, <laughs> <yeah. just> <laughs> so uh, this, uh, I was sent a package from uh, from Gary Gary Hunt, I believe, from Australia, and he sent me these these giant rolls oh, of these much. original. I guess I'm adding audio to it by unfurling it in front of the microphone. These double sided <laughs> posters. That have the, you know, the band poster, the dead uh, poster, and on the uh, on the front of it, I guess, is the user illusion uh, one and two. These are the original uh, promo posters. He sent me like a roll of them. Like he's oh. like, I have them for my record store days.
1: Shit, <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Great, yeah, they're cool. But uh, yours are yours are huge. They look like you got them from the concert. Themselves.
1: Uh these are uh eight feet tall by four feet wide uh these we actually use these with the gnr tribute i hang them up to keep the wrinkles out of them when we're not gigging.
2: (laughs) nice okay awesome so that's kind of the transition so brandon uh reached out to me as many of you do and uh i don't often uh, i don't often enough promote the the email uh, the afd show gmail.com and you wrote me a really nice email you're like i'm not sure if this is how it works I'm not even sure how this podcast works, and it's my podcast. Just contact me, and we'll figure it out. Uh, so you were telling me about yourself that you're in, as you mentioned, uh, a cover band uh, in, in, from Detroit, right? Pretty Tied Up is the name of your cover band.
1: Yeah, uh, that's the GNR Tribute. So uh, right. uh, two of the members are from Detroit, uh, our singer's from Cleveland, and me and the bassist are down here in Kentucky.
2: Okay. And I'm assuming by your guitar rack behind you, you are the, the guitarist, you're the, the Slash of the band?
1: Yeah, I play Slash in that. I've got the, uh, got the Appetite for Destruction one. Uh, so this is the main one I use in the band, with pretty tied up.
2: Well, you gonna have to describe it since we're only doing the, uh, the audio version. What do you, uh?
1: So it's oh. the Appetite for Destruction model. Uh, right. <laughs> classic one. And I got my Wasted Youth shirt on that he wore at the Ritz right now. Figured that'd be a good touch on the podcast. This is, I don't know how to explain how hard it was to get this shirt.
2: Yeah. So,
1: for the last better part of 10 years, even way before the GNR tribute, I just wanted this shirt that Slash wore at the Ritz because it's an awesome shirt. That's and funny. There's, there's nowhere you could get on, Just nowhere. And then finally got somebody to whip up the art for me. And that's not the best way to go about it, but the band doesn't exist anymore. There's nowhere to buy these shirts. So if the band reaches out, I'll gladly give them their
2: money. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's cool, man. I totally, uh, I get that. I dig that because uh, I bought shirts based upon what rockers have have worn. And sometimes, yeah, you can't find it or the only ones that are on eBay or disheveled and you know, there was now with coronavirus.
1: About a month ago, and it was about $400, I think. And I was like, "Like, man, that, is just, that dude doesn't even own the rights to that shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: sometimes I, I, I can't do that. I, I just, I can't. There are very, I have bought uh, shirts off eBay and jerseys off eBay. I'm wearing, a, I usually have, I own all of my NBA 90, 90s jerseys. But some I've got, like I bought recently that I've always wanted. Uh, with the episode with Squires and Rouse, I've always wanted a Seattle Supersonic Sean Kemp jersey. So I bought it. And I've always wanted the uh, the white Patrick Ewing jersey. So it's it's on sale for like hundreds of dollars, but I only paid 60 because yeah. it had to wear and tear <laughs> on it, and they, they fixed it. So it's, it's fine by me. But yeah, I would have had it made up. Exactly. I would have had it just like you. So I appreciate you dressing up for...
1: Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, trying to do what I can.
2: And, and what else do you do? Because you have a, you know, even though you're, you, know, you have, you're a part again. This is like the combination of, uh, appetite for discovery. Because you're not just in a tribute band. You have original music. Yes. And
1: Which is so somewhat uh, halfway tied to GNR too, as well. So for anybody that doesn't know, and this hasn't really been announced too much yet. So I just signed a deal with Golden Robot Records for an album that is currently being recorded. And the band, beside myself, I'm playing lead guitar and singing on the record. Uh, it features Todd Kearns from Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and The Conspirators. Yeah. Uh, he's playing bass on the whole record, and he sings three tracks on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then we got uh, Jeremy Asbrock and Matt Starr from Ace Frehley's band rounding off the lineup. So we just signed this deal with Golden Robot, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have a single out for y'all here in the next month or two for y'all to listen to.
2: See that's awesome. I didn't even know that
1: when you <laughs> first reached
2: out, and it's not like, you know, it's funny because I've done obviously a lot of episodes uh, recently with uh, Mark Alexander Erber from Golden Robot, and he's just yeah. like he he likes the podcast, he wants to be a part of it, and it's not like we have any sort of a. It
1: was funny whenever, know, agreement. whenever he was he was asking if I knew about Appetite for Distortion, and I was like, yeah, man, I was <laughs> I listened to it quite a bit actually. Okay. I've, I've been working with Brando a little lately, so we'll. We'll see about if I can link you up with him. And then it was coincidentally enough; it was like the next day that you had emailed me. So I don't know if he had mentioned anything or no. Not.
2: No, that's, that's that's the point. He, I that's didn't.
1: Literally coincidental. Then literally the next day after we signed the deal, you hit me up about
2: doing. Yeah, something. So, no total coincidence. So yeah. you know, I'm, I'm happy to promote Golden Robot because they're awesome. But it wasn't a favor; <laughs> it really wasn't. I just think that's cool because it, it fits whole the the six degrees of GNR bacon. It's just, it oh, yeah. all ties in together. And uh, so, no, I, I love that. And congrats on the, I appreciate uh, it, man. on it's, the deal. I, I, how old of a dude you are? Uh, Cause I'm assuming uh, this is something I'm, you've always wanted.
1: I'm 24 right now. Oh, so, okay. This is making a little different transition from doing the tribute thing at the moment back into the original world. So it's been a nice little breath of fresh air, just as the tribute band was getting out of maybe doing what I was doing before that. So, it's, it's all very, very productive, So, and I can't wait to let everybody hear what we've been working on.
2: Right on. Uh, what's the name of the... Did I even ask you what's the name of that band? Did, do we... Uh,
1: well, we haven't announced the name yet. Oh, that's
2: we, right, right. Okay, we that's had, right. We
1: had a name that... Uh, it was just going to be under my name, just a solo project, and oh. it, things kind of changed a little as we were working. I mean, it's not just a solo project. I mean, Todd and... Jeremy, both sing on the record. They both have songwriting credits. Uh, It's not like I was telling Matt Starr what I wanted him to do drum-wise. He was basically completely in control of what he did. So it was more of a band than it was a solo project, but it's not a band per se. Think of like like the Dead Daisies out there. It's not a set lineup. That dude puts together a great lineup every time he goes out. So who knows this lineup may do two more albums together or next album might be me and three other guys. You never know, especially with what's going on in the world right now.
2: Sure. Who knows?
1: We all have have really busy schedules outside of this, obviously with Todd playing with Slash and then Matt and Jeremy playing with Ace. So and then me, I've got my own stuff. So it's, we don't know what really the future holds. We've talked about doing gigs and that's definitely going to happen at some point it's just whatever we're allowed to, but who knows, man, uh, this could, we could stick together for another year or two with this Corolano. for stuff could change. It's, I, I kind of consider it more of a musical collective than a band or a solo project.
2: Well, I think that's that's great. It kind of fits what a lot of these, uh, like a Todd Kearns, like is, you know, he's, he kind of personifies that. So I'm just curious, how that relationship started. How did you get connected to you know, members of Ace Freely's band and then Todd Kearns? Because, you know, they're they're highly sought after also, but they wanted to work with you.
1: Yeah, and if any positive thing can be taken away from the coronavirus epidemic, <laughs> it's, it's that these guys had time to work on another uh, project. So, uh, really how it started is I've known Jeremy Asprox since I was about 13 years old. I went and watched... His band play, he was in like a power pop band, like Cheap Trick kind of stuff, beatle stuff. stuff. Uh, this was late 2000s uh, when I was living right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. I was only about 13. Me and my buddy went and watched his band because we saw on the local paper there was going to be a band playing outdoor at the Civic Center. So we ended up going down, and there wasn't that many people there. And Jeremy ended up inviting me and my buddy up on stage during sound check to play his guitars and everything. So, and dude, it's literally just been me and Jeremy keeping in touch since then. We've never worked together musically or anything, but I mean, that's kind of what catapulted this whole thing. Cause when I started cutting demos for this album, I reached out to Jeremy about playing solo and it turned into, it went from him playing a solo to me, him, Todd, and Matt cutting the whole record together. So it was crazy. And it all happened within like a span of a week. So mm, it, was, wow. it was real weird making that transition from me just thinking I was cutting some demos for a solo album to having these awesome guys working with me for a full record.
2: Wow. So then he did he bring in the other guys you brought in,
1: Todd? Uh, so when me and Jeremy started talking about having him play a solo, I knew that Matt Starr did a lot of session work. And so I asked Jeremy, I was like, Hey man, do you think it'd be worth reaching out to Matt Starr about playing a song on this album? And he was like, yeah, dude, he's like, hit him up. He's like, nobody's out gigging right now. So everybody's just kind of sitting at home. So it's worth hitting him up. So I hit up Matt and the plan originally was for him to just play on the track. Jeremy was cutting the solo on. And so then, completely unrelated, I reached out to Todd Kearns and asked if he'd be interested in doing a separate track on the album. And so I just happened to mention to Jeremy and Matt, I was like, hey, guys, I reached out to Todd Kearns last night. Maybe I can talk huh. to him into playing on this record with us. And not connecting to the dots that they had done the Kiss Cruises together like every year. Oh, so.
2: right, right, right.
1: Todd plays in Bruce Kulick's band and then obviously oh, yeah. Jeremy and Matt playing with Ace and all that. So they ended up texting Todd and talk, talking to him and uh, Todd ended up coming on and doing that track and then do, we just had such a good time working on those songs, like the one or two songs they were originally going to do that it just made sense for us to go ahead and do the whole record together
2: wow i mean you said it all happened in the span of a week i mean talk about just
1: (laughs) literally all of that happened in like less than a week i'd say
2: and so you just worked all on it via like what we're kind of doing now zoom
1: yeah uh so luckily with advances in technology pro tools kind of gives everybody the ability to cut at their own studios and then we kind of make it all work together within the production side of it as far as like mixing the album and everything. But we all record our own parts at our own studios. So Matt's out in LA, Todd's in Vegas, Jeremy's in Nashville, and I'm here in Kentucky. So it's technology is very great for this.
2: It it, it really is. It is a, you know, obviously we we wish there wasn't a worldwide pandemic, but if there are silver linings to be had, (laughs)
0: let's
2: take them. Let's take them. You know, let's, yeah. let's take the wind where we can. You know, that's <laughs> that's what it's all uh, it's all about. And so, obviously, you're a massive GNR fan. So I kind of I gotta I want to ask you like what uh what history do you have with you know GNR members or going to shows? Because I know there's some other things you kind of uh, told me like you, some auditions that you went on. Uh, uh, I, th- I thought that was an interesting uh, story. I'd like for you to share.
1: I I reached out to uh, Steven Adler whenever he was putting Adler's Appetite back together a few years ago. And because he put a logo up on his Facebook and was like, hey, thinking about putting Adler's Appetite back together, what do you guys think of this logo? So I messaged the page and was like, hey, are you guys auditioning guitarists? <laughs> and uh, they had had uh, Michael who had been with them for the previous runs that they had done before they kind of took a break for a year or two, Michael Thomas and uh, – Michael Thomas had actually replaced my dad in a band called brand new machine. So little connection there, a little bit, uh, ended up that they were bringing Michael back. So they weren't all Disney guitarists, but I ended up talking to Steve Sprite for a second, his manager and send okay. us the back. And it ended up being funny because I ended up joining the band whiskey, and Gogo from Detroit and we're opening up for Adler and well, hopefully in November, it was supposed to happen in April. Uh, but oh. I was hoping to run into Steve Sprott or somebody at the show and be like, "Hey, man, you remember me, and the kid that tried all in a few years ago?" <laughs> how we we ended up connected together anyway, or bands playing together, so it's uh, it's crazy how life's kind of like a big circle.
2: Exactly, exactly. So that that is nice, and uh, hopefully that that show does happen in some way, shape. Oh, or yeah.
1: Right. I'm, I'm super excited for it to eventually happen. Uh, My band has opened up for Adler before, but it was before I was in the group and they've had nothing but awesome things to say about those guys. So pretty excited about it.
2: Uh, Tell me about that, that uh, 80s tribute that you do at Whiskey. Uh, Whiskey that's uh,
1: That's the one that we do a lot of the larger shows with like, uh, this weekend, we were supposed to be with Phil and Tracy's L.A. Guns in Detroit, and of course, that kind of got put on hold. Uh, yeah,
2: you're not Great White who decides to yeah. keep putting on uh, – uh, uh, why? Why do they – with their infamy of, of not uh, – whatever, not to sidetrack too much, but anyway, yeah, uh, I'm glad uh, you're it's, waiting.
1: It's a double-edged sword because people want to get out of the house, but at the same time, you want people to be safe in your yeah. gig. And there's the argument to be made that it's their choice to go out, but you're not the only person you're infecting when you do that. So that's, right. if it was literally only putting yourself at risk, then we wouldn't be locked down because everybody would just have their free choice to go out and do whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're putting way more than yourself at risk from what, from what we're being told. And I mean, obviously sure. I'm, not, I'm sure. not a doctor, so I can't prove any of this shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Well said all around, regardless.
1: But I mean uh, yeah. I, I totally understand the itch that they have to get back out there and gig, but I, man, it's 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 a tricky situation right now on whichever side you land on. Nobody's instantly half of everybody is gonna hate whichever opinion you have.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know. So that's why I try to have very even on a Guns N' Roses uh podcast, a very neutral decision. <laughs> I like all members. I like all yeah. albums. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: That's, that's the best way to go. So, I um, and, and man, hopefully it's sooner rather than later, but like I said, everybody being safe at the gigs is the biggest importance. So they'll be there waiting for us when the shows are ready.
2: And and meanwhile, uh, I mean, and I asked this to a lot of my recent guests. I mean, I guess I asked it of a of Bootsy with Buckethead and he's still getting, uh, you know, what the concept of zoom, <laughs> even yeah. though he made an entire video of it. Uh, like, what is there any chance of like maybe you guys doing something like like that, like a Zoom video? Because Todd's pretty active on.
1: Uh, Todd just started something. His first episode came out on Thursday. It's talk called Todd Kerns talks to his friends and. He, he
2: started- interviewed Frank Sidoris, right?
1: Yep. And uh next week he's actually got an episode coming out with Jeremy, and I'm sure they'll touch on this album that we're working okay. on a little bit. But uh, me and Todd have talked about doing something once it gets closer to the album being done. That way we have a little more to talk about, I guess. True. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like I said, we definitely talked about doing gigs. We all have interest in getting out and gigging with this lineup. It's just a fact of when. <laughs> so, uh,
2: soon is the word, yeah, as uh, and someone once said.
1: Soon as everything opens back up, it'll take a minute to line it out because I know that, Todd's probably going to be going out with Slash doing something, I would assume.
2: I guess, but the yeah. GNR r thing was what was derailed. So he might be doing G&R for a while. That's, who knows?
1: That's, I mean, and as a fan, I hope he's working on a new G&R album right now. So
2: Yeah, uh, and, I, be, I believe it. I, I don't have any real inside information. You know, I have like whispers of inside information, uh, but I, I believe it's going to happen. Uh, you know, people, people joke though, like Slash talking about a new record uh and it's like oh that's what richard ford has been saying for so long that's what all you know Bumblefoot was saying uh um, yeah it's different when slash it. says it it's different you know slash wasn't like in guns and roses for so long that was such a toxic uh you know relationship for him to say it i think it's such a uh, you know, it
1: definitely gives it a little more credibility because slash yeah. is the type of person that just sit around and not do anything no. it seemed like even in the middle of this massive GR reunion. He's still pumping out albums with Miles Kennedy, and somehow, de- like, found the time to do a whole world tour last year. And like, it's crazy the work ethic with that guy. So yeah, it's yeah, definitely, it's definitely, uh, very inspiring to see somebody just constantly just going to the wall as far as their work ethic.
2: Yeah, totally for sure. Uh- I'm curious what GNR shows have you seen? Like can you tell me something about your fan experiences? Like do what do you have? Uh,
1: the first time I saw GNR was the first leg of the reunion tour in Atlanta and it was filming the Cult and okay. Fucking great show and the the weird thing was was seeing GNR and the Cult together and Matt Sorum not being in either one of the bands. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, true. But dude, it was great. Uh, GNR actually hit the stage like 5 minutes early that night so it's I was standing outside, like in the smoking area. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just hear the whole place just go up and roar. And I'm like, oh shit, like looking at my watch, like it is, it is not time yet. And I, <laughs> I, I'm running inside, literally like sprinting to my seat with my buddy. And of course, they're like 30 seconds into It's So Easy. And it was, it was, it kind of added to the experience of just like rushing into the sure. place that I hear them. Uh, that was at the Georgia Dome, and that place has been torn down since. So that's kind of cool that that was one of the last shows that I got to see there. Okay. Uh, then I saw GNR at Louder Than Life last year here in Louisville. Okay. And kind of the opposite happened. Instead of them being early, they were dude. They were probably like forty-five minutes late hitting the stage that night. Which is a rare thing on this tour. People still. Yeah. People still talk about it like they do it on a regular basis, it seems. But that was, dude, the first, from what I know, the first two, three years of the tour, there wasn't one night where they went on late. So
2: I was going to say that 45 minutes A would be good for GNR, considering you know their their legacy. But, yeah, I was also going to say that's probably a handful of times on this not less Lifetime yeah. uh, tour they've been going on for years. And 48? I think they
1: did it, they were late, like two nights later, they were doing the exit 11 festival in manchester and i think they were like 30 or 40 minutes late that night but louder than life was intense man because god smack got done playing and there was there was over a hundred thousand people there i'm just in the middle of this crowd like 30 minutes go by still no gnr and i'm just looking around like dude there's over a hundred thousand people here that will absolutely go nuts if these guys do not come out And so on one hand, I'm like, I might get a pretty good story out of this. (laughs) On the other hand, it was like, all right, it's getting a little antsy. So, but that was still a great show. And I saw Axel sing with ACDC. Nice. And dude, that was phenomenal. That was, I could not believe how well that gig was. It was just great. And they were doing all the Bon Scott stuff that they had not really busted out LeBron Johnson in a long time. So it it was it was a great show and our seats got upgraded when we got there. We were like 15 yards from the side of the stage. It was oh,
2: great. nice! That's, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. I'm glad to hear that because I don't get to talk to too many other people who have seen I mean, other than on social media, but who have seen Axel D.C. I've said before it's, when I saw them at Madison Square Garden, I, oh man, un, yeah. unreal, unreal. Yeah. I, I I hope that either a new ACDC album includes Axel. Yeah, I mean, even if
1: it's just one song, I want right, one song right. with Axel singing because not to take anything away from the GNR performances, but dude, it was just like he was singing his heart out on stage with ACDC because yeah. he was, it was getting to live out his dream, man. <laughs> so
2: it, that's what I've said, and it's weird. It's like it was I, – I know that the GNR music catalog calls for okay. different octaves, and this is coming from a, like – I'm not a singer. You are. I'm sure you could tell – you could explain it better than I can. But just the way he was, he was like in his pocket, like the Axl Rose pocket, for like yeah. an hour and a half. And I guess maybe that's from him doing his Bon Scott impression. So I like it. <laughs> but he was uh, it was awesome. And, or I hope uh, on – the The new Guns N' Roses, Angus Young is on Yeah, the
1: that'd be great too. On if you're a solo or something, any any combination of them working together, I would be excited for it. Yeah, and exactly. I tell you, one of the one of my favorite things from watching him with ACDC was he wasn't Axl Rose, the front man per se. Whenever he was with ACDC. dc like during Angus's guitar solos, he's standing back by the by the cabs with. Yeah. The, with the rest of the guys just watching Angus tear it up and he's just standing there dancing, just just grooving, man, just having an awesome time and you could tell that he was enjoying it. So it was it was cool seeing him kind of take a back seat during a certain parts. Not saying he doesn't do that with Gene Art hell, he walks off the stage entirely with film, but it was just it was it was cool seeing a different aspect of it, like seeing a fan side of Axel instead of just the front man Axel Rose.
2: Yeah, I agree and uh continuing the theme of of fan do you have a uh and i ask this of all the um, what do you want to call fan obsession, or whatever uh what's what's the word i'm looking for alumni that i've had on the show whatever uh do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia guns and roses memorabilia whether it's i mean the shirt you got on is awesome we talked about your you know your backdrop for pretty tied up back there those eight foot tall are yeah. ones. you are awesome i can't like what else is there a uh, It could be something silly that I'm not even thinking of, like a a picture or a T-shirt or...
1: I wish I had it in here with me. I've got it hanging in the living room. But uh, after I moved to Lexington, I I collect records. So I started going and checking out some of the record stores here. And I found a sealed Japanese import numbered copy of GNR Live at the Ritz. Cool. And so it's, it's like number like 10 of like, I think, maybe 50 or 100 or something like that. I know it's not a lot. It's... But the Ritz is my favorite concert of all time, hands down. Like, if I had a time machine, that's the first place I'm going. So that's very – that's probably my favorite thing that I've personally got. Obviously, I love the guitars I've got. I've got Slash's Appetite and Duff's white bass over here. I see that. That's that's cool. But, I mean, as far as, like, the music music side of it, being a fan, that – the Japanese copy alive at the Ritz is probably my favorite piece I've got.
2: Awesome, that's that's very cool. Well, Brandon, this has been uh, this has been fun. It's been a little weird for me. I'm not talking to many uh, many other Brandons throughout my life. That's uh, that is the, oh, the truth. Weird. weird. But, uh, do you know a lot of other Brandons? Is is that just uh, like it's a common name? But I don't feel like I have I've met maybe less than five in my life.
1: Uh, actually, I do know quite a bit of Brandons, and I actually know multiple people with the exact same name as me. Okay. Uh, (laughs) It it, it was super weird. So uh, my three piece was playing here in Kentucky like two years ago. And my name is Brandon Paul Fields. That's my full legal name. And so we, we take a break at one of our gigs and this guy came up to me and he was some local guy that did acoustic covers and stuff around town and, uh, his, he showed me his license, pulled it out and just shows it to me. And his name is Paul Brandon fields. <laughs> and there's another musician. He's a saxophonist from California. His name is Brandon Fields. So that's, it can get a little confusing. Sometimes I've been tagged in posts that like for his g- gigs that he's. <laughs> <for>. <laughs> it's funny. It's cause it's all these like jazz contemporary artists and I'll get tagged and I'll call him it and I'll be like, guys, this sounds awesome but I think you got the wrong guy. (laughs) That's funny. But, yeah, I've met uh, quite a few people that have had the same name. It's funny. I Actually, the very last show the GNR tribute did was here in Lexington back in March, and one of the security guards for the venue came up to me and started talking to me, and his name was Brandon Fields, and I'm just like, (laughs) this is – it's getting a little weird at this point. but
2: <laughs> That's why you got to go the same route. You got to go from a very generic name like Bill Bailey and just fuck yeah. it up and go to Axl Rose. Think of some sort yeah. of sexual anagram to change it to. Dude, I'll tell yeah. you what,
1: it's been hard enough thinking of a fucking band name for this.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> renaming myself, that would be a whole other aspect of insecurity. So.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. But when you think of that name, let us know. Update us. We can't wait to see what happens and. uh we got the band name. We're
1: just waiting to kind of throw it out there for everybody. We'll get, a, okay. we'll get a official announcement probably this week from us and Golden Robot. So okay, it'll it'll all be out there very soon. And like I said, man, I cannot wait for everybody to hear this. This Todd Kearns, Jeremy Asbrock, and Matt Star all just played so well on this record that it's and, and and I know he gets a lot of credit for it, but it's still not enough. Todd Kearns' voice is just the cherry on top of everything that man just sings his ass off every time that he has to sing. And it's, it's great.
2: Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear it as well. So, uh, congrats on all the success so far and obviously the success that's to come. So uh, I, I can't, that. I can't wait to, you know, join you on that night train.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, and- I don't know
2: why I, I threw in <laughs> a, a stupid GNR pun there. Uh,
1: <laughs> and- nice. That was perfect.
2: Oh, I know. Uh, I guess what's the best place for people to, to keep track of? I guess you, since the band name is official.
1: Yet. Uh, so you can go to facebook.com and slash Brandon Fields Music, or you can go to brandonfieldsmusic.com, and then I've got official Instagram and Twitters that you can go find. They're pretty easy to look out for. Just 500 other Brandon Fields you got to <laughs> <laughs> scroll through. <laughs>
2: I'll, try, I'll try to tag you appropriately in the post.
1: Sounds good, man, and I appreciate you having me on. This is, As a GNR fan, it's so awesome seeing that there is something specifically catered to us because that's, and it's very few bands that would have such a wide fan base where you could do a whole program specifically dedicated to them, especially on a regular basis. So I, I would like to thank you as a fan for doing something like this that we can all listen to and enjoy on a regular basis.
2: Uh, thank you, and I thank everybody who who listens. It's uh, I I can't believe it. You know, it's it's been about I think four years. It's been just over four years, and you know this coincides with my career. But this is honestly, this has taken over the passion of my career. I, this is, I mean, my, I think my bosses know that's why they support it so much. They helped me get the to Collins interview, so it is what it is. Uh, but, no, it's been great. It's obviously been great getting to meet people like you and uh, do and awesome interviews with Bootsy Collins all through the GNR lens. And I'm uh, just, just very lucky there are GNR freaks like us out there. Good there yeah. plenty of us. So, plenty more to find. So, if you're just like uh, Brandon, you can hit me up on, on uh, email you know, uh, at the AFD show at gmail.com or social media, Instagram. Uh, you know, my, my own personal stuff is up there as well. It, it doesn't matter, you know, It's uh, and then we'll have a nice little chat just like this, just like this. All right, That's thanks, right.
1: Brandon. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Uh, we'll be in contact soon.
2: Right on. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. What is to come? Well, the best way to keep track of everything happening with the podcast, future guests, if you want to get involved, AFD show on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, Appetite for Distortion on Instagram. Be like Brandon. As I mentioned, you can email me at the AFD show at gmail.com. And please tell a friend. That's how more and more people know about us. It's it's. I hear it all the time. I can't believe there's a Guns N' Roses podcast. Oh, I just found you. Uh, that's my general impression of a listener, which is, uh, I apologize for. Uh, tell people. That's how we have our appetite for discoveries. is that you tell other people that there's a podcast out there for them. And even if they're not the biggest Guns N' Roses fan, I think they'll still like this podcast. Isn't that what that's crazy? It's a Guns N' Roses podcast for everybody. Look at the, uh, the wide array of guests that we have on the topics that we, we, we cover underneath this uh, Guns N' Roses umbrella. I think it's fun. That does it for this episode. When will you see the next one? Well, the words of Axl Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! Fuck it! No!
1: Yeah! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm
2: going home.